one. All right, guys, here we go. Part of my jerk podcast coming at you for our day two coverage, day three coverage. I don't know if you want to call it, but uh, this is our rest day for individual competition. Uh, and Dunk is back. We're here to talk about the games. What's up, Dunk? What's going on, everybody? Been a Welcome while. back, man. We missed you. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure our small contingency of listeners missed you. Um, I was trying not to blow the lid on all the excitement going on in your life, but perhaps you want to share uh, your your exciting story. Yeah, so I had a kid. <laughs> all right, and moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a kid. It was like a little boy two weeks ago. Uh, I think he's actually 15 days old now. So turns out that takes up a lot of your time. And uh, been struggling to be able to get on here. So it is, uh, it is truly underrated. Uh, I don't think you truly appreciate the severity of the medical procedure that a woman experiences having a child until you observe them have a child. Yeah. And then if anything goes wrong, it's just a thousand times worse. Right. But it's like, you know, just to observe, like, it's like, obviously, you develop an, an immense amount of respect for your partner when you watch them have your child. But then, like, it's not like in the movies, man. Like, they're not just like, oh, I'm a little sore today. Like, they're yeah, like, no. my wife was flatlined for a couple of days where it's and it's like, you are doing the dad stuff outside of like breastfeeding. <laughs> like, because it wasn't it's even just, like it, it wasn't even anything that had to be told to me. It's like, oh, I can't help you today. It's like, no, nope, I understand you can't help me for like a week. Right. After what and, I just watched. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I don't, you, you, you take care of what you need to take care of. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you don't even have to lift a finger. <laughs> no, I'm glad you guys though. seems like you figured out the sleep schedule thing faster than we did. <laughs> it's been since I, the, the first two weeks when I was off work, the sleep schedule was fine. You know, the sleep schedule when I got back to work has been not as great. Just, yeah. And he's not been quite as cooperative with sleeping the last few days, too. So, nah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's going to come and go. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's not been terrible. But but I'm excited for you, man. I think you're going to be an amazing father. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, okay. So, we had an off day today. So, not a whole lot of uh, developments in, in sort of the competitive landscape of things. Um, but I would say no shortage of stories that, that I want to talk about. Um, I have a little bit of housekeeping that I want to address from last night's podcast. Um, there's a few things I want to talk about. First and foremost, uh, sort of reflecting on what I said in last night's podcast, um, I want to make it, I felt as though I was a little too critical. Uh, I stand by everything I said, uh, but I want to make sure I, I don't, I want to make sure that I'm not putting it out there. Like I'm just some professional complainer. I don't want to turn into arm and hammer. Uh, I want to make it be very clear, like, I loved day one of the games. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, sometimes I look at things with just possibly a little too too much of a – too critical of an eye. I mean, we were discussing my opinions on things in the podcast. But uh, by and large, I thought everything yesterday was fantastic. Loved the pace, loved the events. I thought it was – the totality of the test was fantastic. The men's field is – immensely exciting so i want to make sure i i touched on that yeah i've got a few uh i've got a few takes just to kind of recap since i missed yesterday yeah so event one hold on hold on, hold on. we'll get to that we'll get to, we'll get okay, to that I'm sorry. I'm okay sorry. the other thing i want to touch on before we get rolling 
um, is the Danielle Brandon story. So we mentioned last night, I was like, what the fuck? Danielle Brandon's going to run in a heat of four when everyone else gets to run in a heat of 10. What is this? Right. Have you heard this story? Uh, I mean, I feel like I knew why she ran into the heat of four. I, well, I, I guess maybe I'm just dumb. So <laughs> the, the, the story goes from what I've heard is uh, Danielle Brandon was going to run by herself. And uh, apparently, from what I've heard, Sam Briggs stepped to the plate and was like, that's not right. Uh, I, I'm, I'll run with her. And okay. uh, no, I didn't hear the story. Yeah. So Sam Briggs was like, that's 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 not right. Like she should have somebody to run with. So Sam Briggs stepped to the plate and decided to run with her. And then I guess Laura Horvath and then Terry Helgadotter also stepped in to run with her, um, which is amazing. That's probably I'd probably put that on like my dream team of all time, like best stories in the games ever. I think that's so incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough situation she's in just because like she's done nothing wrong, but it's also CrossFit really is kind of their, their hand is forced with this. So, yeah, but it's just yet another example of how CrossFit does not deserve Sam Briggs. No, that's 100% true. That woman is a goddamn global treasure. <laughs> She's like every 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 time you get like a behind the scenes story from Sam Briggs or just something she puts out like that she's like the epitome of leadership. She's the epitome of, of accountability of of character. Like she is such an immensely impressive human being. Yeah, you know, I agree. Knowing full well she was going to go out there and get her ass kicked by Daniel Brandon. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, Sam Briggs knows she's not a sprinter, so right, right. He's just like, ah, maybe I should just get this over with. Maybe not get beat by nine other people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe it won't look as bad if I only lose to three people. <laughs> um, and then a couple, one last housekeeping thing. So I guess, tell tell me about the Tim Paulson situation. What did what did he put out there? So evidently, he just has like the like a major stomach flu, something like comparable to what Haley Adams had last year at the games. According to him, now it could be false. Like I don't, he could just be be being dramatic, but he's not just going out there and throwing up a major stinker without any like real reason. So, well, yeah, he's just surprised me and just like I knew Tim Paulson was going to be an immensely strong athlete, especially given the the events that we were given. But uh, like event two, I was like, well, he should be at least in the top twenty. And maybe he was, I don't, I don't know, but uh, I mean, we can, I guess we can corroborate that, but I just would have thought like, you know, heavy thrusters, he's going to be able to mix it up a little bit, but that, that workout was rough. Um, but just watch that, uh, that run was the, I mean, it wasn't going to be a strong event for him either way, but I'm watching him like, Whoa, dude. Well, there was he's, a couple people that were like that though, too. So, well, Scott Panchik has two torn ACLs. So he has a, That's true. a little the bit legitimate of an excuse. Reason. And yeah, Colton Mertens. <laughs> I was waiting for you. <laughs> Poor little guy. You know, Colton Mertens, though, he did say something today. He did Sevon's podcast again. Uh, and I listened to it today. It was only a 40 minute one. So I went through it. And um, my opinion of him has not changed at all. I actually, I actually probably have a lower opinion of him than I even did before. But he did say one thing. They were talking about the cuts, right? Okay. And uh, Colton Mertens is like, he goes, if I'm in, he goes, if I'm in 25th place, fucking cut me. <laughs> he goes, 
I'm not going to win. I, and he goes, I don't give a fuck about the a 25th or a 30th place. I sucked. I don't deserve to be there. Send me home. I was like, all right. All right. I can, I respect that. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, and that's the thing. That's kind of the thing. I, it's, I think it's a little bit of a harsh truth, but it's like anybody that's upset about getting cut when they're outside the top 30 after nine events, it's like you were never there to win to begin with. If you're going to yeah. sit here and, and, you know, whine and complain that, oh, I deserve a shot at getting 27th place. Like, come on, get out of here. I don't think anybody has any reason to complain about cuts this year. Just the, the way they did it the first time was just wrong. They, they've, I think they fixed it this time around. This is a much better structure. I was thinking about it too. I guess, and I, we talked about this before. I just don't like the way when you cut to 20, what it does to the point spread. Now it's yeah. definitely better than 10. Oh yeah. Definitely better than 10. I would never go below 20. I, I can, I think 20, I think 20 can work. Um, but what I was thinking about is, so after Friday night, we're going to cut down to 30. Then they have one event, event 10, which I believe is the running and toes to bar event. And then okay. they're going to cut to 20. So we have one event that people are going to be fighting for their lives for. Could be interesting. That's pretty, that's pretty cool though. But, but it's not like we're fighting for the top 10. We're fight, there's a much larger field that's going to be able to make it to like the final day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, all the established athletes should be established at that point, unless you're like the the couple outliers could be like Chandler Smith trying to fight back from a bad first day, or like guys that you would expect to be in the top twenty should be in the top twenty at that point. Yeah, it's like at that point you've you've had an opportunity. You the the wheat has separated from the chaff, so to speak. And we've already had a much better barrage of events workouts than they did that that first year they did the cuts so like right. you can't yeah. just be like oh man we just ran 10 times and i got cut i didn't even get to lift the barbell they've they've done a better job of spacing out the workouts this year the barbell we'll see we'll see what's coming to uh tomorrow and dave and they, dave gets in this every time there's cuts dave, dave gets in this argument of like you're gonna cut down before the strong people have the opportunity to prove their strength. We haven't put any weight on the bar, right? We, or we haven't done a, a strength event, right? And Dave's like, there's other ways that we believe you can test strength besides doing a one rep max. My only issue with that is the people that are going to be doing the one rep max snatch will not be the best snatchers in the field necessarily. There are going to be better snatchers in the field that will not be there, that uh, will be cut by the time we get to that bar. So, yeah, but those I guys are typically in, in this. In, in this sense, those guys are the specialists. Yeah, yeah. But as opposed as opposed to before, where we had a bunch of guys get cut because of running, and then it was just even the even the well-rounded athletes that were stronger got cut, as opposed to just the specialists. Yeah. So I guess from your like you're saying like basically with this given structure, we're rewarding the generalist athlete, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But I just don't like the whole thing that Dave says is like like. And that, that holds water to me. Like, that makes sense. I just don't like the way Castro explains it where he's like, you have to earn the barbell. It's like, what? No, I don't, <laughs> I don't like that either. Right. I'm almost, so, to the point, like, I'm almost to the point where it's just like, if you're going to cut to 20, just only let 20 people come in. <laughs> only let 20 <laughs> athletes go. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to, like to see um, – I would like to see strength tested. out. It doesn't have to be a one rep max, but – Tomorrow, I would like to see one of these mystery events 
I would love to see some kind of strength element introduced. Yeah. You know, in the first event that we, the only event we really, there are two events we know of it. One's just a handstand course. The other one's the rope climb ski, Husafel. You know, that's a normal triplet. I wouldn't really say is exactly what I would necessarily hope to see. So I like to see something heavy tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so, uh, your take. So we'll, we'll take your, we'll take your, your hot two minutes on each event. So what'd you think of the swim kayak? I like the swim kayak, but can we please just figure out a way to get some like GPS trackers on these guys? Like yes. you and Britt are, you and Britt are complaining about, Oh, we only covered Yonokoski and Tia Tumi, but like, the hell was the camera supposed to do it's like oh let's talk about chandler smith we think he's in 25th place but he also could be in 12th place you know right like, it's like you can't really have a good conversation when you're just filming the mob you know right so like yeah. if we like and but like a lot of other sports with not as much money have figured out a way to get some gps tracking on guys like like the tour de france i'm sure they've got it figured out where they're like tracking their their cyclists so let's right just find a way to make that just slightly more watchable. Right. Like some kind of like a, like a, like a beacon that's at the shore. And it's just, yeah. it's just the, the GPS is communicating back and forth between that beacon. So we have a countdown on the total feet away you are from the shoreline. It's something that sounds a little complicated, but something. Or like, you have, you wear, you wear like an ankle, like a GPS yeah. ankle bracelet. And it'll just, I mean, you know, anyone who's been on house arrest has this technology and it just communicates back and forth. Like you're this far away from it right. because I think the, the swim was essentially just the swim kayak was essentially just paddle across the lake. Yeah. That's all but, it was. But some, someone where we can get live, like a live update on like where everybody is in relation to the field, or at least the top 10 on each or like the top 20 total. Where well, they can at. show a computer screen with like the list of the people's names and like a dot on where they're at, like something, Something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just, yeah. There, there has to be a better way. Yeah. Like, you guys are complaining about the commentators, and it's just like, what the hell? What are they really supposed to do? Like, they can't just – you have no idea. Because even even if you did look at the mob, they're so, like, spread out and kind of, like, you, the angle to which the camera is. is like, you don't know who's in front of who. Like, half the yeah, time – Yeah, well, especially in the swim, you can't really see who, who who's who and all that, yeah. you know. And, I mean, at the very least – why couldn't they just give them different colored caps? <laughs> no, they did that before too. I don't know why they couldn't do that this time. It's like you could come up with 80 different combinations of some sort of caps to be like, Hey, we'll give the, we'll give the announcers a legend and the polka dot with red, the red polka dotted cap. That's whoever, you know, <laughs> like at least right. do something like that. Yeah. Or like maybe, yeah, there, there, there has to be a better system, right? You, you can at least have, you know, uh, there's five different colors. So only eight people can have the red swim cap. And then maybe we can narrow it from there. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Cause they, they did that in 2015, didn't they? Uh, I know that they did it one year with the teams. Like they had all, each team had a different color. Cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they did it with the individuals though. Yeah, why, if you can do it with teams, why can't you do it? With individuals? it yeah. It was driving me like, that was the first, like when I, when they're all just standing right there in the water, I'm like, this is going to be just ridiculous for like the first 30 minutes. No one's going to have a clue. Who who is, and the, and the commentators even like, oh, we know that's Yonakowski. After that, I got no idea. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, so all right. So moving on. Uh, event number two, the the sled pig muscle up workout. I I really like that workout. Um, I didn't really have any complaints. I was worried 
at first that that workout was just 42 muscle ups. Like they're going to be like, all right, here's some rings, do 42 muscle ups. I liked the ring bar bar ring. Kind of I like that too. Switching it up. Like, it, I mean, maybe they could have done something else and not had just 24 straight bar muscle ups and a turnaround, but I don't really know what they could have done. But uh, when your guys is complaining about the gamingness, gaminess of the, the finish line, I was like, but literally every person could have done the same exact thing. So it's like, I'm sure that they were like, when they briefed them, it's like, Hey, got to get your timer across the, across the line. That's all you got to do. Yeah. But why can't they just make it? So the sled has to cross so you can stop. So they stop gaming it. I, it's not that I have an issue with gaming. I have an issue with subjective judging. Yeah. But, but it's, it's the, it's the athlete's job to game the system. That's what you're supposed to do. But what's the, is the judge wearing the judge isn't timing the event. It's the chip timer. So it's not, it's not any, there's no subjectiveness to the judge on that, at that point. Like they had to go down, touch the pig before they could stop the sled drag on the first, the first lead, like lead, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's easy to tell. Right. On the way back, it's like, just get your trip across the line and that's it. And well, then, then just make stops. it so you have to touch the, you have to touch the ground with your hands. It's yeah, just too you- subjective, man. Go, I'm telling you, go back, watch the event, watch the way Hopper finished, watch the way Catchman finished. And I'm like, the way you finish that event is not the same way that Chandler Smith finished the event. Agreed. I watched one lady take the, the sled all the way through, like she damn near took it to the, um, the stands. But like, right. but like you can't you can't touch the ground and it'd be like, all right, now we're gonna stop the stopwatch. You can't, where the chip timer is where it's what it is. That it crosses a certain line and that's when your time stops. Yeah. Unless you put the chip timer on the sled, which short do that. I mean, yeah. you're not changing. You're not changing weights, so we'll just put the chip timer on the top of the sled and let it let that let that be the the time right there. Right, and then maybe you have a few a few, uh, a few less errors with the chip because the chip timers are cluster fuck half the time anyway. That's true. I, I mean, how many workouts do you just does it look up there and you're like, oh yeah, BKG one, and it's like, well, there's three minutes left in this workout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that happens all the time. You know, the, the, oh, the, yeah, yeah. the the chip timers are great, but they're great until they're not great. And then they suck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. There's always going to be issues, but like I didn't have the same issue with the, the gaminess of, of that one that you guys did. I like the muscle ups too, though. Yeah. I like mixing it up. I like the I long like to see 12 uh, ring, 12 bar, 12 ring, 12 bar. I think that'd been cool. Yeah. Oh, I, I do have an issue with this, this standardized height. Like if we're going to standardize the height, standardize it to the tallest person. Right. Well, like, cat, the cat, so Sevon brought that up to Castor today, and Castor's like, well, that's just how it goes when you're taller. He goes, when you're tall, you have an advantage in certain events. When you're short, you have an advantage in certain events. And then so when you're tall, sometimes you have a disadvantage and vice versa. He goes, it all just evens itself out in the end. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I guess, man. It, it's like it's not true. Like, yeah, but, yeah you're, if you're short, you're not going to be as good at rowing. But there's nothing getting in your way of being a good rower. It's just you're just shorter. Like right. the, the ground is literally in his way because he's too tall because we yeah. needed to make sure Colton Mertens can jump up and get to the pull-up bar. Is that like, is that what it is? Like we basically, yeah, it's like, oh, well, Colton Mertens, what about, what about Colton Mertens who can't reach the rings? And it's like, well, you can always give him a step, but you can't lower the ground for Mikowski. Yeah. We give all these, all the women pads to jump up on. Like if a man needs, if a male needs a pad, give him a pad. <laughs> right. It, it, they said it'd be like logistically too difficult. And I'm like, how difficult logistically would it be to just be like, who's the tallest male in the field? Okay, we're going to measure you for the ring, for the rings and the bars, 
and then everyone else can just use a step if they need it. I mean, I get it if like we got Shaq in the field, if we've got some six foot eight freak, but it's Fakowski. Like we've and we've got like taller guys now. So like Fakowski's not the only tall guy at this point anymore. We got I know Hopper six the same size as Fakowski. I'm sure that there's at least one or two more guys that are above six foot. When I was watching Luka Dukic run, I'm like, is this dude seven feet tall? He looks like he dude, he looks like Mark Gasol out there running. And I'm like, so I look it up and he's like 5'11. And I'm like, dude, you look like Sasquatch compared to all the rest of the guys <laughs> in the field. <laughs> he's also just like this big burly man. Like, yeah. He looked like no, he he's like hairy and shit, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He looked out of place. <laughs> uh, event three, what'd you think? Uh, the sprint. I liked it. I was like impartial at first because I don't like like the visual aesthetic of running in like in a back alley, but. It's like, all right, let's either go to a track and run or let's that ending kick where we can like run into the stadium and like get the crowd really going. I think I think that outweighed it like in a positive way more than it would have been. Like it was more exciting to see that than it would have been to have them just run around a track and it looked more appealing the entire time. Right. I you know so I, mean? I like the whole like everyone was on top of each other. Like all the fans were like yeah. right there. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. The turn was kind of tough. The only reason, like, the, I love that. That was probably my favorite event of the day. Actually, I know that was my favorite event of the day. Um, that hairpin turn they had to do was kind of tough. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not sure I needed that. Maybe we could have found a different sort of track they could have ran. Um, but I would say all things said done, like, 9 out of 10 event. I thought it was fantastic. Also, I don't – why couldn't we just tell that camera guy that had to run with him the whole time that they were only going to use his footage on that turn? <laughs> Like he ran the whole way, but they never. Boss. <laughs> yeah, they, we, we, he ran the entire way, but we never used his camera angle until we got to the turn. So much respect for the hustle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, but it's just poor management. <laughs> oh man, that dude was definitely an intern. Oh, He's yeah. like, "What? You'll give me a free pair of nobles? Sure, I'll run all day with these guys." <laughs> and the best part, like, he had to get it like the camera high enough to be above the fence, so like he's running like with his arm up in the air like this. Yeah. Um. Any other takes on that one? Uh, no, I mean, it was kind of like par for the course. I think we all kind of knew Toomey and Wells were going to finish the top. Toomey's the women, yeah, did not surprise me too much. The men were a little surprised. I didn't think Vellner would do as well on that one as he did. I think he took like fifth or fourth or something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I thought uh, Pekowski the, the men... would do better than he did. But the thing with that workout is it's definitely a test of speed. It's definitely a, te- a, te- a test for your like lactate threshold but there's definitely a strategy to it. And you can do poorly in that event just because you strategize poorly. Oh yeah. If you go out too hot, then you just got nothing left in the tank to kick it at the end. But and I think that's what like, happened to Fikowski. It also looked like Hopper kind of just waited too long to, for his kick. Like he looked like, like he had some more in the tank because he was, he was catching up fast, but like, it, yeah. yeah, there's just a lot of strategy in that one. And that's why, that turn, like you said, was a little questionable because it's like that almost forces you to wait till that point to make your kick. Yeah. But but I I don't I didn't really have any any issues with it with the Dude, course. I this isn't a criticism because I, I don't have an issue with the way they did it. However, it would have been it would have been cool if they did something like we're gonna take the top ten and put them in one heat together. Cause I really would have enjoyed watching Wells, Brandon, and Toomey run against each other. Yeah, but then, it, but it, like, I get, I heard you guys, is, it's like, hey, let's just do a, like a practice run, like for seating. But it's like, I get it with the, like the cyclocross in 2017. That's an actual course. 
and it's like a longer event, but like you can't, if you're going to run like a practice run, you already know who's going to win then for the most part. Like, you know, it's like, it's like an Olympic weightlifting event. It's like, all right, well, we know what these guys are going to hit. So it's basically just don't mess up. Yeah. That's, I would have no issue. That was Brit that said she wanted that. I never said I wanted that, but uh, yeah, I see what you're saying there. I'm just saying, I don't really have an issue with what, with the way they did it. Maybe something like we're like, uh, they make it like a 50 point event for the first event. And then a second 50 point event or something like that. If you take top, gotcha. top 20 or something like that, you just gotta be careful. You get, you do have to be careful with like punishing people for winning. Like that's a tough line to sort of tell. We're like, since you won, you now have to do more volume than everyone else did. Oh, yeah. You know, but uh, I think that would have been cool. Just, I think it just would have been a really cool opportunity to watch the top, like the top 10 actually race against each other for real. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. You could do like um, a 50 point event where it's like, all right, you got it. Here's your rate, your 50 points. You either race to get in the top heat or the, the bottom heat. And then you, but, but each, each person still has to run again. You know right. what I mean? Um, and then event four, this was probably the one I, I don't know. I, this was I like, an amazing, this is a, an amazing affiliate workout. I did not like it for the CrossFit games. If they program this in affiliate, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But I did not like it as a, as a games event. It needed to just be a different rep scheme. 10 to one. It's just such a long workout. And it's just, and especially with just like two, two lifts. It's like, yeah, we clearly saw that it, it wrecked everybody, but like, it's like watching, what was it? Mary from a couple years ago. It was just like boring, monotonous. It was just, like you kind of knew who was going to win or like the top athletes were after like the first few rounds, because once you got the five, it was like, that's when the workout got easy. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, if you can get through like seven, eight, nine, then, then the workout, you pretty much know where you're going to be at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that was their attempt at making it a more entertaining workout that 10 down to one rep scheme. Cause you're like, Oh, it's going to be tight. Once you get inside of that five, it does, it has to be a sprint or you're going to lose your placing. Because everyone's going to start sprinting after the round of six. That's true. No, yeah. I mean, the workout was fine. It was just boring. I just, I just don't like wall walks as a games event. I just don't think they belong in the games. You know, it's just like one of those events. I just don't think it's a good event to see. It's like, I, I'm not, there's a few, I have a few, a few movements. I'm just really not big on being in the cross again. Like, I, I don't really like wall balls in the games, at least not at 20, 2014. Yeah. Um, Normal double unders, I'm not really crazy about. You know, burpees can be good in the right context, but I'm not really crazy about burpees. I'm not crazy about stuff in the CrossFit games that's like stuff like your average person can really do, even if they don't even do CrossFit. You know, I, I there's a better way for me to say that. I, I, I'm having a hard time articulating how I like the real way I feel about it, but that's kind of where I'm at on that. I feel like, I mean, that's a tough argument to make after watching that and then seeing how messed up all of the athletes were. That's you know fair. I mean? That the wall walk thing. I'm like, it's just not super relatable. It's not, not very entertaining to watch. It's just like, yeah, I know your shoulders are absolutely destroyed, but that's really what any event where like the announcers are like, okay, you need to pace this. Like you're going to do a hundred reps of it. It's like, yeah. that's not going to be an entertaining move. I wish, like, I wish I kind of wish they would have done it. Like the, uh, the teams did it today. So it was just like teams did it today. It was five rounds for one pair of five wall walks, five thrusters, and then five five rounds of seven and seven for the other pair. 
but it would have been cool to do like, all right, you're going to do five rounds of seven and seven wall walks, thrusters, and then like change it up to another movement mm -hmm. for that second five rounds, just to, just to change it up, change up the, yeah, I mean, wall walks are slow. They're boring. They're just difficult. They're, they're, they're taxing, but like change up, get that, get rid of that for that second half and make that workout go a little bit quicker mm -hmm. and just make it more visually appealing. In my opinion, I think that would have been a better idea. But fair enough. Um, tomorrow. So we have two we have two workouts announced for tomorrow that I'm looking forward to. Uh, one. So I'm going I'm going to say right off the bat, tomorrow will be a very strong day for Katrin Tanya David's daughter. So the one event we have is four rounds, four rope climbs, five slash four hundred meter ski, and they the Husafel bag carry. Um, besides Tia. I think Katrin might win, like take second in that event, possibly win it. I can see that. She's just such a weird athlete because it's like, it's like, all right, she could do well in that one, but I could also see her just being like ah, 12th place or 13th place. She's just, she's always in it, but she's never like, all right, I'm, she's a lock for number one on this one. You know what I mean? She just, uh, she does all the Annie, I think, will also do well on this one. The Icelandic chicks do great with odd object work. They love, like, we saw it in Strongman's Fear. Like, oh, yeah. like uh, they just do great with odd object stuff. Um, and they say Annie's great with this too. Like, they are, they're also with the ski, like, they're really good at just like the kind of just put your head down and sort of work type, type of stuff. And uh, Annie's an inc incredible at rope climbs, possibly the best in the field. And Katrin, ever since that debacle in 2014, she does rope climbs like every day. So I see this being a very strong one for Annie and Katrin, and obviously Tia. Oh, uh, I don't know if Tia was going to struggle on what she typically struggles on rope climbs. So if she's going to like kind of fall back to the pack, meaning she finishes in like third place, I can <laughs> see it being this one. <laughs> um, how heavy is the how heavy is the stone? They haven't announced it yet. Okay. Because that, that could be a I would say at least 200. I, I'm going to say for the men, at least 200. For the women, maybe 125 to 150. But it wouldn't surprise me either if Castro was like, it's a Husafel. So let's make it like a weird weight, like 278 pounds or something like that. How do you feel about the – because Husafel, it's a rock. Yeah. But they're just using a bag, right? It's It's rogue – doing their simulation of a Husafel stone as a sandbag. So the Husafel stone, I don't want to bastardize the story, but it's like this legendary sort of stone from Iceland. Um, it's like a, almost a ceremonial event in Strawman. It's, it's, it's held with a, a high level of, uh, of respect in the Strawman community because there's a whole legend behind the Husafel stone. It was like this stone. I, I want to say it was like a famous stone that was picked up on a beach in Iceland type of thing yeah, i mean there's a whole bunch of like legendary stones in, in iceland and that's that's one of them <laughs> so for the women's field that's who i in, in anticipate doing very well um and then I, i'm sure there's people i'm missing but those are the, the the two that jumped into my head for the men's field i say this in every event but i think it'll be a great one for fakowski and i think it'll be a great one for velner i think fakowski's gonna run away with this one <laughs> I mean, he's, he's probably he's the best rope, rope a, climber in the field. He's going to be the what, probably the best skier. So it's like, and I, he's good with the strongman stuff. He proved that right. in 2018. So it's like, I think I think he walks away. It is one of those ones where like 
he says in the doc where he's like, I went into this one expecting to win. Like right. not, not winning is a failure. Right. I could see Velner so, doing very well in this one. I could see Hopper kind of doing well in this because I just I think Hopper's pissed right now. Yeah. And kind of fell I back down see, to earth a little bit. He had a bit of a reality check yesterday. I could see him doing it doing well just because he's pissed and I'm he's just gonna fire out of the cannon and just try to win every event going going forward. Yeah. Um and then BKG, when they announced this event, BKG was like, because of the Husafel, because of the strong, like all that shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, all those BK- guys are going to take pride in like, that's that. This is from where I'm from. I needed to do well. Well, that, it was, I think to BKG, this is like Murph to Josh Bridges. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is my country's thing. I better go out and win it. So right. I'd say keep your eye on him in that event as well. And then um, tomorrow we have the handstand course. So there's a lot of, Easy names to mention, I feel like, in the women's side of the field that we can, we can mention. I, I'm curious who we think is going to do well in the men's field on this event. Olsen. He's a pretty easy one. Like, he, yeah. he typically does well with handstands. Yeah. But other than that, like, I, I, I feel like all that good handstand walkers have kind of, like, moved on. Like, Fraser's gone. Um, Hepner's not there. Froning. Hepner's not there. Yeah. Um, Velner yeah, will mean, do well. Velner's a, a strong handstand guy. Yeah, which is – it always baffles me that he's a good handstand guy because his arms are, like, goofy long. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I mean, other than that, I really couldn't give you very many names that that's going to do well with that. Yeah, it, it is a bit of a wild card event. Like, who, who are the males that are going to do very well, like, on a handstand event? I mean, this could be a good one for Koski. He's a small guy, short arms. Uh, relatively lightweight, you know, um, but this could be this could be one of those ones where like a total someone just comes out of nowhere and just takes it. Like oldest Upanix, it just happens to be really good on the handstand course. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be quite a few names like that. I want that. I'm tired of the like the the handstand walk course to me is like the one rep max snatch. It's like we've done it before. Maybe just throw like a bike to start, you know, like the assault banger, something to get the lungs burning a little bit. Right. Well, they did it. They did it in regionals that year, where it was pistols, handstand course, muscle ups, handstand course, back and forth. That was that was a pretty cool event. I just don't uh, want to just see the handstand course because it's like we already know who's good at this for the most part. Maybe not as much this year, but like we've already seen it. Add a little something to it now. Make it make it harder than just the handstand course. Yeah. Are there any obstacles that we haven't done? We have stairs, ramp. They've done like around obstacles before. Um, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think they showed the video of it already, and it, I think it was just the stairs, the the bars, the parallel bars. Right. Um, well, to be fair, Castro, par for the course so far has been Castro is going to show you the event, but not really. Yeah, so for all true. we know, that workout could start or end with an echo bike or something. I hope so. I want, yeah. I, I'd much rather it start with the echo bike, though, because like if it ends, it's just, of course – That'd be a kind of a fun way to end. It's like a, a full out sprint. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, it probably wouldn't work there because it's like if you beat everybody by 30 seconds because you just happen to be a good handstand walker, you're you just gonna have to like sit on the bike it. and just look around yeah, yeah. you and be like, yeah. Yeah. Um women's side, um, obviously Katrin. Brooke Wells. The, Brooke Brooke Wells is strong. Uh Daniel Brandon's great on her hands. Uh yep. could be a could be an interesting. I I know I'm forgetting some women. I think Haley um, Adams is good on her hands. Um, Brooke Wells, Mal O'Brien, and Emma Carey are both going to do well with that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mal O'Brien, that was the one I wanted to talk about. My brother 
Danny Spiegel. Uh, Danny Spiegel, yep. Danny Spiegel's right on our hands. But Danny Spiegel, I'm curious. I'm curious how her shoulder stamina is, right? Is she still going to be great when she starts to fatigue? They've done a handstand course at uh, Wadapalooza that she – it wasn't a handstand course. It was like a handstand – it was like a half a handstand course and a, and a heavy snatch. So something similar, but she won that one by like a lot. Okay. So – and then there were some heavy hitters that year too. But uh, – but yeah, not not really a whole lot of information. I've been che- I've been diligently checking to see if anything is. I mean, we, we might get a release after the recording of this podcast, but we really don't know very much information about tomorrow, considering we start in like twelve hours. I'm kind of I kind of like it though. It's like like we've got something. We kind of know what's going on. Like what is that? That's is that two events for tomorrow or three? We kind of have two events. Okay, so I you're probably thinking what four events tomorrow. Maybe maybe only three. If well, one of them's Castro a said one. Castro said everyone's going to get nine events. Oh, so okay, that's what he said. So potentially there's three events. That's a that's a big well, that's a big onion hanging out there. Three full well, events. Well, if there's two. only well, you said if there's only one event on Saturday at, before the cuts. Oh wait, no, you said everyone gets nine events. He said what? everyone gets nine events, which makes sense because he said. If after event 10 on Saturday, they're cutting. I really hope I'm not fucking this up because I'm going to really sound stupid. Um, yeah, I just checked again. They still haven't announced anything. So could be a fun day. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I kind of wish I wish my baby would have waited another week so I could have been off. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he came a week early too. No, he came like three days early. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Two things I want to talk about that I want to get out of here. And we're, we're, we're just going to – I want to give some shine to the Masters, um, but we're, going to, we're just going to do that tomorrow because I don't want this to go too long. Um, two things I want to talk about. One, uh, first year – and we didn't talk about this last night. First year of Noble as the title sponsor of the games. What do you think of the athlete uniforms? I like them more than I expected to. I expected that I would. I don't think there's, that, there's nothing flashy, but I didn't expect it to be anything flashy. Here's how, here's, I'll say what I like first. I think when you go too flashy, it almost, it, it makes the CrossFit games look a little too much like a, like a carnival, right? Okay. So like the Reebok when we were in California was too much for you. Sometimes. The purple purple and the green and the yellow. (laughs) We've talked about this on the rewatch podcast that we do. There's, there were strong years and weak years for Reebok. And sometimes I think Reebok would go a little too flashy. And I think it sort of mitigates the games a little bit. It looks yeah. a little t- too – they're just having a little too much fun with it. When it's like if, I like the low-key uniforms kind of making it look a little bit more of like a legitimate sport. Everybody looks the same. It's a little less mixed and matched. It's a little bit more serious. I, I like that. Yeah. Now, there's the flip side of it. It's like it's black, white, gray. Yeah. Everywhere. Black, white, gray. You know what I mean? You might get a little OD green splashed in here and there, but it's black, white, gray. And you can go, I think, muted colors without it being, you know, Complete, I, I get yeah. what they're doing, like this industrial contemporary type of thing. Yeah, it's okay. I, I think I think it's fine for the first year. I think there definitely needs to be some changes going into year two. Yeah. And I'm with you, too. I'm not, I'm not a big Noble Shoes fan. Although... 
Athletes are posting photos. Looks like maybe there may be some new bulls creep into the surface. So not not the same old shoe, just in a different color. I mean, like actually like different shoes. Look, man, not, we can't be the only ones that think those shoes are boring. And the more athletes they're going to sponsor, the more athletes are going to give them a piece of their mind as far as <laughs> what they want in their shoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you now it's funny, like, after the Reebok thing, everybody that doesn't have a shoe deal is wearing Reeboks out there. Oh, yeah. Every I single Masters athlete was wearing a pair of Reeboks. Really? <laughs> yeah, basically. I saw uh, somebody, I think, in the – maybe it was – I think it was someone in individual women yesterday, like the big dog women was wearing a pair of Nano 7s. I was like, where'd you even really? get those? <laughs> uh, um, I was watching I was watching a video. Craig Ritchie asked Koski, he was like, you should just wear Reebok shoes for the swim because you know you're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then two, the final thing I want to talk about today, um, it's kind of been, uh, kind of irking me a little bit. It's been a bit of a gripe. I'm going to go old school CrossFit guy real quick. Uh, I'll tell you, I was, I'm a little disappointed the way CrossFit's been operating here a little bit lately. Um, one, I said it on my solo podcast and I, and I, when I first said it, I kind of regretted it. And now I, it, I feel like I'm kind of turned out to be right. We're just like the constant online competition thing that we're seeing. It's a little money grabby. So the virtual games, I think, is a great idea. It's a cool idea. Um, yeah. I dig it. Until I went to sign up because I wanted to, I wanted to do it. And uh, they're asking $50 to do the virtual, yeah, the virtual no CrossFit games. 50 bucks. So I'm paying $50 to work out and, yeah. At home. Yeah, I don't like For that either. I, did, I didn't know that that was – 50 bucks right after and then after the opens 20 which i'm not going to complain about and right. then, i'm not but, going to complain about that but the but the fact that you and then you have to pay again if you make it to the next round so it's $50. like and that was i was gonna say it's more than what the open was yeah that's a little uh that's a little much right and so that's that's kind of a thing because right, i gotta rogue a little bit for like constantly complaining about paying for the open yeah. But Jesus, man, it's like you pay 20 for the open, then you pay 50 for the quarterfinal. Then didn't they recently just do another online competition? Oh, I have no idea, but I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I swear to God, they just did an online competition recently. I, I got to go back and check. I, I fucking know they did. So this comp, that competition was a minimum of $20, probably 50. Yeah. And then now we have the virtual games. They're asking and like, they're asking for another $50. It's like, come on, man. Like, I know you're giving me the t-shirt, but like, like it's kind of like you're just constantly kind of after it, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, it does. It, it is a bit much, and like, yeah, you're paying for probably what ten workouts, ten workouts in a t-shirt. I can see paying a little bit for it, but not fifty bucks. Like, make it like fifteen, twenty. I, I I've said in the past for like the open, I'm like I would well I would pay fifty dollars for the open, but I would gladly pay thirty dollars for the open, and if if I got like a t-shirt out of it, yeah, you know what I mean. But uh. I mean, you can tell, that'd probably be tricky because that's a lot of t-shirts. I mean, you can tell like Rosa is a businessman. So like he's, he thinks about the business aspect of it, CrossFit is like more apparent now. Like, whereas Glassman was like, all right, nutrition, fitness, that's really all I care about. Pay you 20 bucks to the open. And then after that, it's, it is what it is. Which is an excellent segue into my next much bigger point in that, uh, 
Monster Energy Drink is a sponsor for the CrossFit Games? What the fuck, man? Come on. And, you're, mean, and this is coming from a guy that drinks Rain Energy Drinks almost every day. Well, Rain is also a sponsor. Because they're owned by Coca-Cola. Okay. Monster and Rain are both owned by Coca-Cola. So okay. the company that Greg Glassman fought in Congress for a decade fought Big Sugar. This, this initiative moves into like, yeah, but they have the same color money as everyone else. Like, I mean, you're going to, I mean, I don't know. I don't have an issue with it, but you're going to see that if they're trying to grow, like they're going to just, if, if people are throwing money at them, they're just going to go for it. No, that's bullshit. And you shouldn't just take money from whoever you're, you're whoever's offering it to you. Because at the end of the day, you got to stand for something, man. And it's like, I get, I have no problem with CrossFit being run as a business that you can't help people if you're not making money, mm-hmm. right? We can't grow. If the games are losing money, the games can't expand and they can't therefore put CrossFit in front of more eyes, right? No problem with that. But you have to stand for something as a business and you have to cut the line off somewhere when you're taking money from Coca-Cola. Come on. Yeah, it's that's, tough. you know, like, because I'm not so naive as to be like, oh, well, CrossFit started out as this grand experiment and now it's just become some sellout business. It's fine. I have no problem with them trying to make money. But like when they go to the field tomorrow, the soccer field type setup they have, look in those stands and look at how many different sponsors are back there. You know what I mean? You have Thorn, you have Whoop, you have Rogue, you have like there, there's every different grandstand has a different sponsor for it. I don't think, and furthermore, to further exacerbate it, whatever, every, as soon as every athlete finishes an event and they're on the field, what's handed to them as soon as they finish? I don't know. A fucking monster energy drink can. Now, if you didn't know this, those cans are full of water. So no, I did, no, I did not know that. So there's a few athletes that finished events and they cracked open a monster can and poured it on their fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> Which when I was watching, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but uh so they're full of water, but now we're putting it's like I don't give a shit that it's a sugar-free flavor can. Mm-hmm. Like we're sending the message out there, like the, the athletes are all drinking monster energy drink. Come on, man. Like you got to stand for something as a business. You can't just take money from anybody. And I don't know. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I don't agree. I don't. I don't blame them for trying to go and get all the sponsors that they can. I don't know, man. Like, it, like the the NFL doesn't take. I mean, it's probably a bad example because they're probably their biggest spot money giver is an al- is a alcohol company, but. Uh, it would, be, it would be like, you know, like the NFL accepting money from like Marlboro. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is, but, but worse because this is how CrossFit has fought big sugar. Like that was their stance. We are, we are an elegant solution to the world's most vexing problem. And that's chronic disease. And now we're, we're taking money from probably the world's worst offender of causing chronic disease. It's different ownership now though, man. That's bullshit. That's that, that. I get it. Like I, I have no problem across being ran, ran as a business, but you like, there has to be core values to your business. And I think this is such an egregious infringement upon that. And I stand by every fucking word I said. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I mean, you're, you're like totally fine with it. That doesn't bother me. I mean, they're not partnering with, I, I don't know. 
I, I enjoy a monster here every now and then. So, but like I, I would have an issue if they're partnering with like Skittles or like candy companies. What's the difference? I, I, it's the same I, thing. I, I know it's, it's, it's the same thing, but it just looks different. Like monster sponsors a lot of different like fitness. Um, I, I think monster is a part of like strongman. Um, I'm sure that they're in with like soccer and all and a bunch of different like athletic uh, sports. Monsters involved in like a lot of stuff, like in like uh, auto racing and that type of like, like yeah. dirt bikes, BMX, extreme sports like skateboarding, um, like truck racing, auto racing, th- like those type of things are they're involved with a lot. So I I see the cr- like the crossover appeal, but it's like, you know, there has to be like a. I wish we just had someone that was like kind of the in between of Greg Glassman. Greg Glassman was a visionary genius that just looked like in a lot of ways, he was an asshole away from the business. And it's like, Rosa is a, seems like a great businessman and seems like a good dude. But like, I just don't like people that I don't like people that compromise on their core values in that way. And it's like, if, if we're willing to take money from Coca-Cola, where, like, where does it end? Cause yeah, it's the same thing. What happens when captain crunch is a title sponsor for the CrossFit games? Yeah. Aren't you okay with rain being a sponsor for the games though? No. I feel like we've had this conversation and like we were excited that rain was like, like once they started bringing in these sponsors that we had a conversation about, like, it's good that like they're, they're signing on to these and like they're, they're getting sponsors. And the whole point of like, the whole point of backing the CrossFit games is the CrossFit games is this like, like nuclear weapon for brand awareness for CrossFit. Right. But if you remember those, old, we were like, we're going to sink all this money in the CrossFit games because we're going to make it the sport that ends up on ESPN and people watch. And then they see that. And then on Monday, they go to a CrossFit gym. And now, like, we're drawing a hard line. This is not even close to the same thing. You know, like they're, they're drawing this hard line of like, this is this is we're just trying to grow the sport. This has nothing to do because the whole big thing is like we want to support the affiliates, support the affiliates, support the affiliates. If you're taking money from Coca-Cola, that is a way of saying I don't give a shit about the affiliates because you're saying I don't give a shit about the the affiliates message that they are giving to their members. Yeah, but you're still getting people to watch the sport of CrossFit and then people are still going to want to go to those affiliates and do these workouts. Possibly, but I'm, I'm just saying like. But like the if at the affiliate level, those coaches and those those affiliate owners are going to be saying, you know, are going to say eat vegetables, meats, uh, vegetables, meats, nuts, seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sh- and no sugar, in quantities that support exercise but not body fat. Half of these affiliates are selling these energy drinks. <laughs> well, that's a fucking problem. I'm too. just saying, like, like, like. Like you're arguing this, but like half, like probably more than half of these affiliates are selling either energy drinks or these like new protein bars. Like, and just because it's a protein bar, let's not, um, let's not just forget about the fact that there's a ton of sugar in that too. So there like, can be, but yeah, okay. But so like all these affiliates are selling these things, and and if we can get more more money into the sport across it, more people are going to watch, more people are going to like start to understand what it is. And more people are going to be like, hey, let me just go check it out. Check out the gymnast down the street. And that's all you need. Yeah, they're going to they're going to preach eat better, but they're not going to. I wouldn't say that they're going to preach like only drink water. Like that's I mean, yeah, we could talk about that, but 
it's like, I'm not going to be like, Hey, the coaches are going to be like, Hey, just drink water because that that's, what's best for you. It's like, no, that's not what people are going for. Look, I I'm totally, I mean, we don't need to go down the road of arguing about nutrition or anything like that. Like I, I get it. Like I, I have no issue with people indulging and enjoying this, but I'm just saying if, if we're supposed to be the elegant solution to the world's most vexing problem, like, I don't know, man. I just, I just don't like the, the compromise of, of your business's values in that way. I just have, I just have such a huge problem with it. It's fine. Like if people are allowed to indulge, people are allowed to eat the way they want coaches can coach the way they want, but we're talking about from the top down. Yeah, I have, I have a huge problem, especially, especially with all the sweat equity that CrossFit has poured into fighting big sugar. And it wasn't just Greg Glassman. There's a lot of people that work for CrossFit that fought big sugar for years and believed in that message. And now their company's taking money from big sugar. I'm astonished Coca-Cola even want to get involved Yeah, <laughs> with all I mean, the shit that, that CrossFit gave them. I mean, go back and read those old articles like 2013, 2014, 2015, when Glassman was really fighting the good fight. It's uh, I, I can't believe Coca-Cola even wanted to get involved. It's shocking to me. Fair enough. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm just, I, I think that there's, they're just looking at it from, through a different lens. Yeah, I get it. I just, I just don't like it. I might just be a crotchety old grumpy old man. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we can wrap it up there. This has already gone like twice as long as I wanted it to. So we'll talk about masters. Uh, we'll talk about masters and teens a little bit tomorrow. Cause I definitely want to talk about them, but uh, we'll be, we'll uh, do another podcast tomorrow. Dunk. Uh, thank you for jumping on. Anybody listen, thank you for coming on to listen, guys. Uh, we will see you tomorrow night.